This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the drooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of all things storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan and I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 126 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have a mythological tale about our earliest figure, Ireland's first man. It is the tale of Fintan MacBochra and the Hawk of Ackle. But first, if you're a brand new listener, thank you so much for touching base. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head back to the very beginning, over 125 episodes and over two and a half years ago to see what we've been building up to on the journey of Fireside thus far. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so, so much for your continued support. Please do follow me over on Instagram if you want to check out any of my poetry or see what I'm up to. Uh, follow me over or email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or queries, if you just want to say hello. And if you really want to support the podcast and join the community of Fireside supporters, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com where you can join Headstuff Plus where for as little as five euro a month although you can pay more if you so choose you can gain access not just to bonus material and episodes for Fireside but also for all of the other podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network and there are plenty good ones of those and no new supporters for this week but thank you so much to those who are building each and every week as we try to grow this very new endeavor Uh, so thank you so much for all of you early adopters but that is totally up to your the podcast is still here nonetheless it is a very strange week folks i am back in rehearsals i am back in a rehearsal room for the first time properly no you know no masks with other people not on zoom not a zoom inside i tell a lie the choreography he is, has been on zoom thus far but i'm back in rehearsals in the knightsbrook hotel in trim for a five-month tour of australia and new zealand with world of musicals show I've done many times before and in fact when I first started Fireside when Fireside first launched I was on tour with this show in Germany so while a musical theatre review show might seem like a slight departure from the folklore surroundings of Fireside they have always been intertwined and they've always made me think of each other and I've I would like to think I've always liked to bring a little bit of that theatrical edge to the podcast but it is very good to be back working and I'm very much looking forward to getting back on the road. And I have a great new setup. Uh, I've got a great new mic that is a lot more compact and portable but has a real body to it and a real bass. I'm really enjoying recording into it. It is the mic 
that I was using for some of the previous episodes that was actually on loan to me by a friend of mine and I have now got my own one and I'm delighted with the results. But the story for this week is, again, one of these fantastic mythological tales that I had not discovered until a couple of months ago. Fintan MacBokra just continues to be this gift that keeps on giving Ireland's first man who came over with Cesar and the Flood. And only the last last time, two weeks ago, when we had a mythological tale, we had the story of Fintan MacBokra and the settling of the Manor of Tara. And now we have this incredible story of the Hawk of Ackle, which I adore not just because Ackle happens to be my favourite place in Ireland, but for other reasons, as you shall see. We will chat a bit more afterwards, but this is Fintan MacBochra and the Hawk of Ackle on Fireside. The Hawk of Ackle Fintan MacBochra had lived in Ireland for 5,000 years. He had been only 15 when he had left his home in Egypt with Cesar, her brother Ladra the pilot, and her father Bith. On the voyage to their new home, Fintan had fallen in love with Cesar, and they had been married. Together they were the first woman and man to set foot on the island of Era. But when the task came to populate the island, the responsibility proved too much, and Fintan MacBochra fled into the mountains. Cesar died of a broken heart, and a great flood wiped out the rest of their people. The night before the flood, Fintan had had a dream that he was in the form of a salmon. And then next morning, when he saw the flood rising into the crevices of his cave, Fintan found he could transform himself into a fish and survived the flood in salmon form. Fintan not only survived the flood, he lived for another 5,000 years. And some odd 5,000 years later, Fintan found himself on the island of Ackle, the largest island off the west coast of Era. A place too windy for anything to grow, but a place of great peace and healing. Fintan went there to grieve, and on Ackle Island he met a great and ancient hawk. Fintan MacBorkra, you have seen better days, said the hawk, who could barely fly herself with age. Is it any wonder, said Fintan, who of course could speak hawk, having spent a portion of his life in the form of one. I have lived a long and fruitful life, but I have also been plagued by many tragedies and miseries. Now, in old age, my tragedy is too much to bear. The hawk invited Fintan to sit with her to talk about what was on his mind. The sage sat and began, I was only fifteen when I left my own home. I have lived five thousand years in an adopted land. I have watched my beloved Cesar and all connection to my homeland die or drown. I have had many loves and children since. But just the other day, Ilan, my favorite son, died at Roscrada. When I was a younger man, I could have borne this, but at my age, it has proven too much. Believe it or not, I know exactly how you feel, said the hawk, for I have lived exactly as long as you have. I have witnessed all that you have witnessed. 
but I always return to the safety of my beloved Ackle Island, where I have always had game to nourish me. Fenton went on, I was blessed by the gods to survive the flood, with a newfound ability to shapeshift. This came from a dream, but it was never a conscious desire. I have lived so many lives in the form of so many different animals, fish, wolf, stag, boar, and even hawk. And I have known loneliness like only a creature lost in the cosmos could possibly know. And speaking of hawks, one time, right, I was swimming the rivers of Ireland. I got to know them so well I could swim them with both fish eyes closed if fish could close their eyes. And one winter, the coldest in living memory, the river Urn froze. I knew I would never survive if I stayed under the frozen water, even in salmon form. So I made a great leap from the deep and smashed through the fresh sheet of ice. I soared over the waterfall when a hawk came out of nowhere and plucked out one of my eyes. That was me, said the hawk, chuckling away to herself. I didn't know who you were at the time. As they say, fish got to swim and birds got to eat. Fenton McPorkra was outraged at this reaction from the perpetrator of the loss of his favourite eye. How dare you! If that was you, then you owe me compensation. The laws of the Tuatha demand it. The Tuatha have not ruled this island for a long time, said the hawk. And you'll get no such apology from me. I am a wild animal, Fintan McBorkra. I was not born in human form. I'm the real thing. And I would peck out both your eyes, if it would not be such a meagre mouthful. Fintan was surprisingly relaxed by the hawk's response. He was fully aware of the vicious ways of the natural world, having lived them firsthand. He thought of all the forms that he had taken, and of all the animals he had robbed of limbs, eyes, and lives. So Fintan sat back down and told of more of his life. He described the first battle of Maithara between the Tuadedanan and the Fearbolag during which Fintan had fought on the side of the bagmen. There, on the battlefield, Fintan had lost twelve sons. I was on the battlefield that day, said the hawk. I allowed Bav, the battle crow of the Morrigan, to cast her spells and have first feast, but then I swooped down for the bountiful scraps. I saw each one of your sons fall, and, as a mark of respect, I ate an eye or a limb from each of them. But truth be told, the best piece of food from that battle was a great arm I found. Severed completely from the shoulder, it was long and tough and muscly, yet with skin so soft and fair blonde hairs. It was so large I could barely carry it back to Ackle to feed my family. And that one arm lasted us for seven years. It surely belonged to a king. It did belong to a king, assured Fintan. It belonged to King Nuda of the Tuatedanan, who lost that arm to Sreng of the Fearbolog. It is in their law that no one who is not physically perfect can rule. 
So I guess that ruled you out, interrupted the hawk, pointing a talon at Finton's empty eye socket. Too soon, said Finton before continuing. Nuda was replaced by the disastrous Brez before Dien Kecht made him an arm of silver. He became known as Nuda Lavaragit, Nuda of the Silver Arm, and he took back his throne before submitting to Lu, of course. Finally, Finton told the hawk of the great giant Trefungi, who was either an angel of God or God himself, who had settled the matter of the manor of Tara by dividing the island into well-defined provinces with strengths to each. He carried a branch with enchanted nuts and fruit. If you ate from it looking north, you would grow young again, south, and you'd be cured of all diseases. He gave me the seeds of that branch to plant all over the island, and that has been my charge for my later years. When Fenton McBorkra had finished telling his story, the hawk began to tell hers. The greatest feasts I ever knew were during the cattle raid of Cooley, when the plains of Merhevna ran delicious red. There were times I felt like I was ruled by Cucullan. He was responsible for providing me with so many meals. But then, on the day he died, I swooped down and saw Cucullan tied to a pillar stone with his own entrails. I, of course, thought him dead and went to peck out his eyes as a mark of respect. But the hound felt me on his face and with his great spear stabbed me in my breast. I felt the barb of that spear break off inside of me. It's inside me still, and I have never been quite right since. In my youth I could carry an adult deer in my talons. After that injury, I could barely even carry a piglet. Now, at my five thousand years, I can't even lift a blackbird. The hawk then took a moment. Truth be told, I am afraid, Fedden Mopokra. I am the grey hawk of time, and my time has come. I have come to you as our oldest and wisest sage. Is what they say of hell true? I thought I would return to the earth, my body providing meals for others as they provided meals to me. But now I am told that there is but one God, and a hell to go to for the wicked. Fenton consoled the bird, and said that he would stay with her until she died. She would not be alone, and she would not have to be afraid. They stayed with each other all night, and the next morning... As the sun rose over Keel Beach, Fenton Buckmochra and the Hawk of Ackle died together. To be continued. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. 
Have a listen to this. Just to carry my name and address and be sure. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks. To steal from Patrick Kavanagh. Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Hedge Radio podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. You need imagination for everything. Have a listen to this. It's someone's reaction to reading a book. And that is the tale of Thinton McBochra and the Hawk of Ackle. And I hope you enjoyed it. A surprisingly thoughtful and beautiful, sorrowful tale here from no real mythological cycle to continuing to fill in this patchwork quilt of Irish mythology. Thinton McBochra belongs to every cycle and at the same time none of them. So it's very hard to pin down a tale like this. But it's absolutely gorgeous. The the Hawk of Ackle is such an immediately well-defined character. You know, she's she's so smart and charming or at the beginning and then quite vicious and ruthless and so unapologetic for her wild and feral nature. And Fintan ends up respecting that so much. But then the Hawk is harboring this great sense of fear and dread at the end. This story actually reminds me a lot of the A Thousand and One Nights in One Night, the Arabian Nights, as they're known, the stories of Arabian folklore, of which like Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves and Aladdin are stories from. And why those set of stories are quite unique, certainly to of the major collections from the world's folklore that I've come across, at least, is that the Thousand and One Nights have a framing device So the Thousand and One Nights are all these stories being told by Shahrazadi, I think is is the name, is how you pronounce it. Um, And she is is telling these stories to this king and she's constantly procrastinating each night by telling him another story and she has these A Thousand and One stories for him. And if I were to ever, well, I definitely will, put uh, whenever fireside ends or maybe even before it ends i will certainly hope to to publish a book of my favorite of these stories and refine these tales and make them uh, a different thing again to the podcast and if i was ever to do that i i was always interested in the idea of a framing device because there is no the four cycles of irish mythology are so wishy-washy together they kind of all flow together and then are totally separate but there is no kind of unifying tale whereas Fenton McBochra is kind of that linchpin so you have this story that Fenton McBochra and the Hawk of Ackle are telling each other and they basically on this night they tell each other the entire story of of Irish mythology and I just think there's such a beautiful natural device there that you could establish you could go into any story that we've covered on Fireside, certainly from the mythological point of view, the folktales less so. But even the folktales, you know, there are some of them that are set in the earlier period. A lot of them, though, are set in a more recent time, closer to ours. But this idea of this framing device that you could just have Fintan and this hawk chatting and then go into a story of Cucullin or of Cormac MacArt or Mad King Sweeney or Fionn McCool, any of them, he was there for both of them were there for they both lived for these 5000 years and they finally meet as friends at the end with the hawk 
frightened for her, for her soul, for her eternal soul. This is what continues to be the, the challenging and interesting aspect of the the clash between the pagan and the Christian beliefs is that you have Fintan Mokbochra introduced as essentially a biblical figure. You have him coming over after being rejected from Noah's Ark and coming to coming to Ireland to become Ireland's first man. And then you have him living in the background while all of these gods take place around him and these gods grow and go down. And it does seem like Fintan very much goes native with his with his animagus nature. He has this shape-shifting quality, which isn't really a thing in Irish culture uh, like it is in a lot of Native American cultures and in Inuit, Inuit tribes. The idea of, of totems and of, of, uh, of reanimation and turning into animal form, that's one of those aspects that... Uh, Mark Williams talks about this brilliantly in Ireland's Immortals, that that is actually one of those common aspects of a lot of world cultures that is noticeably absent from most of Irish mythology. There is relatively little shape-shifting. We're good at our hazel wands and our spells and our summonings and lots to do with the weather and going into and other worlds, but very rarely is there shape-shifters, except for the likes of Mungan. Uh, who learned it from his father, Manan McLear. But Fintan MacBokra is really the only, like, is a real shapeshifter who lived, like, these these hundreds of lives and these in these hundreds of different forms and always coming back to human, but always having this connection with the animal world. And I suppose that's why he does exist outside of Irish mythology as well as being such a an integral part of it, if you so choose him. I mean, this Fintan MacBokra may have died in this episode, but I think it's it's very clear that he will not be going anywhere. He will be just referenced more and more. Because even recent stories that we've told, such as with the manner of Tara, I you always get a little bit more than you did than you got before. So, for example, the enchanted nuts and fruit, the branch that this great giant carried. I hadn't mentioned this branch and had heard of this branch, but I never realized that these these branches, that if you ate from these branches looking north, you would grow young again. And if you ate these these berries looking south, you'd be cured of all diseases. That was never mentioned in any of the versions of that story I read. But here you get details. And this is what I really mean by the patchwork quilt, that you get details from other stories about stories you've already read, and it just keeps getting thicker and denser. It is like the sound on this microphone versus some of the other microphones I've used for other episodes. You can hear the the meat and two veg in in it and in the story, and that's that's what I really love, and that's why I find these so much more rewarding to keep going back to. We have, of course, we have the death of Cucullan and the Nuda's arm being cut off. Oh yes, we have another detail. We knew that Fintan MacBochra fought on the side of the Fairbolog in the first battle of Moitara. I did not know that he lost 12 sons in that. This is kind of one of the only times we hear about Fintan having children. I mean, Lord knows. I mean, we know about Cesar being this lost love of his life and... We know he lived these 5,000 years, but he was in so many different animal forms, it would have been very understandable if Fintan Mabokra had always been this sort of bachelor figure. 
but apparently not. Apparently many wives, many children, lost 12 in one day, wasn't too big a thing. But then Ilan, or Ilan, his, which we meet at the beginning of the tale, or we don't meet, but whose, whose death has just occurred, he is another son, and this is this final tragedy that Vinton is finally too old to endure. And it roots... It's uh, it's another aspect to him that we had not encountered in, or I certainly hadn't encountered in, in my research for these stories. And he just ke- keeps... He is a gift that keeps on giving, and I'm sure he will continue more and more. Uh, before I go, um, I've mentioned that, that Ackle is my favourite my favorite place in Ireland and I'd be remiss if I didn't read a poem I wrote that I quite like that's going to be in my upcoming collection I read this on Poetry Day Ireland uh, as part of the Myth in Irish Poetry special I did as an Instagram live I read this as the first poem so anyone who listened to that thank you again and here it is again this is called Ackle Landing right of Goidel's mongrel tongue. Spray paint livestock hang as ornaments, hang rough on the craggy limb. Pebble dwellings sink, the gruff green mingles with a softer bank, and middle glass lies through Manonin's western turf on what the wind would not let root. There in the growing, three times in the growing, dog days defined by the lot of a throbbing chat, crawling cross in echoed halls, a hendo three, a dodo three, step and smell the luring spray, a hendo three, a dodo three, try for what the wind would not let root. We never spoke a word for all the tuck and dunk and spark. And although the hazel tears are foam in Keem Bay, although the tunnel ploughs through dunes on Keel Beach until the false loo beams land on Crocken's Peak, this will always float around my anchorage. Relentless vows are unfulfilled, unfulfilled by what the wind would not let root. And that was a little poem called Ackle. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, uh, there's a tradition in Ireland. Anyone outside of Ireland may know this, may not. Uh, we call Irish College, where young Irish teenagers are sent to Gael talk to the Irish-speaking areas on the west of Ireland for a couple of weeks to try and improve their level of Irish. But really what it was for me, and certainly most of my friends, if not all of them, was it was our first time meeting girls or boys. You know, It was our first time engaging in that way and our, our, we used to go for a couple of weeks it was often your the first time you'd been away from your parents or so or for any kind of length of time i went three years i went at the ages of 12 14 and 16 and i loved each and every one of them still one of my most cherished places and myself and my brother went to visit our two friends who live in uh, our very dear friends who live in mayo and we camped on ackle island and the the feeling is still the same it's just so wonderfully rustic and mythological uh but so vibrant with the sea it's beautiful there i oh, i love it so so much and so this poem was a love letter to both the the 
the angst of being a teenager in on this incredibly mythological island. And it is one that I worked up a lot that I am quite happy with. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed the story. I'm going to wrap things up now. So thank you so much to you all for listening. And please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Join Headstuff Plus if you want to join the Fireside community for as little as five euro a month. Uh, thanks to Alan, Paddy and Connor, everyone over at Headstuff. Next week we have a, a multi-part folktale uh, we've only had one other ones of those, haven't we? Uh, but it's it's one of those tales I found, and it couldn't be done in one episode. And I actually thought it would really benefit from being split up. So uh, we have the story of Connell Yellowclaw for you next week, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but until then, I'll see you all. You'll hear me all. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.